I remember when the MD and CEO job at Kenjan was advertised, I was among the people who are saying, eh, that job is not for me. I will not even apply. Welcome back to the Power Dialogue podcast. My name is Zedi Bariti and this is the third in a four-part series as we focus on Kenjan MD and CEO Rebecca Miano. Rebecca Miano is the first female CEO at Kenjan since the inception of the company in 1954. Welcome back, Madam CEO. From your record and from your talks, you give a lot of emphasis on competence, winning with one's A-game, anticipation, preparing boldly for opportunities we seek, and actively pursuing them. I wish to focus on actively pursuing opportunities for a second. What exactly made it the right time for you to switch gears from company secretary to MD and CEO of Kenjan? Thank you, Zedi. I was reluctant to do the switch, basically because of comfort, where you find you don't want to take the risk, you don't want to change, your comfort zone is warm (laughs) and nice. Having worked as company secretary, legal affairs director for 10 years, and having been in the industry in various roles for many, many years, obviously I had the experience, I had the competence, the qualifications, and the skills to go to the next level. I did not have enough confidence to boldly step out and do the switch. I remember when the MD and CEO job at Kenjan was advertised, I was among the people who are saying, eh, that job is not for me. I will not even apply. But a mentor asked me, what are you waiting for? You're one of the most qualified and senior executives at Kenjin, but you feel like you don't want to apply for the job. So who, who do you think should apply? And they gave me an example. I look like somebody who was going somewhere in a lift. Maybe you're going to 10th floor in a lift, but when the lift opens, you don't want to get out. And that challenged me. From that day, I decided I will apply for this job. Not assured that I will get it, but I will anchor myself on my qualifications, experience, my attributes and skills, do my best in the interview, knowing that if I get the job, I have what it takes. So looking back, Zedi, I would encourage everybody to actively pursue opportunities, apply for those jobs, hone your skills, sharpen your competencies and go for it. I shudder to imagine how many people are competent, able to do certain jobs, but they're just reluctant like I was. So long as you have the competence and the confidence, opportunities will be there and you will do well in those roles. What advice might you give to women on being aggressive, too ambitious, and all those words they don't use for women? (laughs) There is a voice, I believe, in every woman that tries to tell you, please don't be too ambitious. Don't reach out. This may not be for you. We need to sort out that voice. We do. (laughs) But having said that, my advice for women on being aggressive, like you say, too ambitious, and all those words, we need to tweak that. And one of my great mentors 
Madam Esther Coimet one day posted something that I really loved. Yeah. She said that to the women who are labeled aggressive, please keep being assertive. And if they tell you you are bossy, please yeah. keep on leading. If they call you difficult, keep on telling the truth. If they say you're too much, yeah. keep taking up the space. If they say you're awkward, keep asking hard questions so that we don't shrink ourselves to make people happy. We need to be ourselves. I'll also ask, if you hear people asking, who does she think she is? You must answer, she is the kind of person who is not too bothered about what you think about her, but firmly focused to do what she intends to do. Thank That's you, my Mr. advice, Zedi. I will continue taking up space and not being bothered. <laughs> On the power moment of this show, we usually want to know when exactly did you realize that you have the power in your hands to be whoever you aspired to be? Zedi, the year 2014, I think it was end of September, early October, I attended a training in US, High Performance Academy that had been recommended in the company. But as I was leaving for the training, I was more excited about going to America, imagining the shopping, flying in the aircraft. That was really more of what I was looking at. But when I got to the training, oh, wow, there was much more focus on productivity, how to manage your psychology, how to manage your health, your energy, confidence, clarity, motivation. That course was about personal growth. And that sort of became my turning point. I realized I am more productive than I ever knew. I knew I can be more confident. I knew I have what it takes, but I had not been intentional to look for that. So when I came back, totally changed. I started working on my clarity. Rebecca, what do you believe in? What do you want to be? I sorted out my clarity in life. Courage, which I didn't have enough, courage and confidence. I always used to be wishy-washy. Yeah. <laughs> I decided to be confident. I remember the previous CEO who was my boss one day noticed the change and asked me, whatever you're doing seems to be working. You've become so productive. I like your confidence, the way you articulate issues. You never tire to bring out a point. At times, Rebecca, when I know a point is difficult, I will keep quiet knowing that you'll bring it up. I also learned that personal development is a continuous process. I was in the category that believed I went to school, I graduated, I did these courses, so I am okay for the rest of my life. I was hardly reading. I was not too bothered about personal development. But since 2014, Zedi, I do a personal development course once every month. It is just mind-boggling the benefits you get. That made me work on my competence. The more competent you are, the more confident you become. The more confident you are, the more competent you want to become. I worked on that loop. In regard to my psychology, 
I started focusing on the things that matter, knowing that my thoughts, my brain will determine what kind of a person I am. I am no longer bothered by non-essentials. As I start my day, I look forth and see what might disappoint me today so that when it happens, I'm not devastated. And when things go wrong, always remind yourself you'll get out of this. One of the things that I gained is knowing that I have the ability to figure things out. We go through challenges, even in leadership, in the organization. I'm a firm believer we will be able to figure out what it is. We may look for assistance, we may look for support, but we'll be able to figure out things. So in a nutshell, it's that training in 2014 that sort of did a total shift on Rebecca. And life has just been great. Thank you so much for sharing. Personal development is indeed a continuous process. And we'll be looking forward to you sharing nuggets from this training so that we are always confident that we will always figure out these things around us. Thank you so much, Madam CEO. With COVID, there's been so many changes. Leaders actually believe that it moved us three to five years in terms of automation and leveraging technology in businesses. What is Kenjan doing now in terms of leveraging technology that wouldn't have been possible with these nudges and what efforts have gone into making the company future ready? So Kenjan journey to a more technologically inclined organization started way before COVID. However, as expected, this journey has been massively accelerated or catapulted. And we have tried to take advantage of the available technology to keep our operations going. For starters, all our meetings have gone virtual. And Zedi, believe it, we had these systems, but they were sort of dormant. I now look back at ICT trying to train us on the systems they had put in place, but we couldn't see what they are telling us. So in terms of hardware, we were prepared. We had no choice but to change our mindsets. Now, most of the meetings have gone virtual, including board meetings. There is general acceptance to such meetings be it at the board and top management level or at shop floor. I see staff getting surprised when we arrange in-person meetings and they recommend can we go virtual, which is very good. We have now managed to hold annual general meetings virtually, our global innovation seminar virtually for the COVID years, something which we couldn't have attempted. And had it not been for this pandemic, I don't think we would have done it, not even in 10 years to come. So to take advantage of this new normal and indeed succeed, Kenjan is keenly making investments in ICT infrastructure. I am so happy that when we launched our 2021 manifesto, one of it was digital transformation. And I see so much embrace in that. We have increased our internet bandwidth. We have strengthened all our ICT systems, records digitalization, e-signatures, allowing everybody to work remotely, we have the Microsoft 360 and a lot more that is happening. 
We are also reviewing our ICT strategy and are presenting that to the board. And we are big time also on the digital space or social media. Digital transformation has just gone up due to COVID. We want to really be ready for the future, the digital future. In line with the digital transformation, how is Kenjan prepared for the future of work? There has been a lot of discussions, debates, seminars about the future of work. And as Kenjan, we believe technology will play a critical role in our business operations. As such, we are continually making investments to increase our readiness for the future of work. We have established virtual academies to ensure that staff growth and development continues unabated. And as part of our innovation, we are getting ready to roll out a flexi working system. And this system started even before COVID, only that we didn't have the policy approvals and regulatory approvals. So furthermore, all our performance management and leave processes are now managed digitally. So the future of work will be very flexible. Flexi working system must be adopted. It will be also digital. I do not foresee a lot of paperwork in future. I do not see a lot of desks and heavy hard furnitures at places of work. But more importantly, the future of work will be for those that will be flexible, adoptable, and agree to embrace this new normal. Woe unto those who will not adopt and adopt quickly, because then the future will not be really guaranteed. Moving forward, Kenjen adopted a geothermal-led strategy. Please tell us, Madam MD, how is that working out for the company right now? You're right. Actually, in 2008, ah, okay. when Kenjen developed the Good to Great transformation strategy to drive its vision, and this has led to significant achievements. And at the commencement of the strategy, the country was wholly reliant on hydropower, which is susceptible to erratic weather. And data shows that at that time, we had more demand than supply. Those were the days for power rationing, load shedding. The supply was not guaranteed. Around the same time, we would even rely on emergency power using thermal generation, which is expensive and also not so clean. Yes. And this had led to very high tariffs and electricity had continued to be a luxury because it wasn't really so ready available and reliability was in question. So when Kenjen tweaked and came up with a geothermal-led strategy, we accelerated development of geothermal. And now we drilled over 150 geothermal wells in earnest, injected into the grid, diversified the sources of energy. And if you look at, especially between 2013-2014 to date, we have doubled the geothermal generation in this country. We have much more power than we had then and connectivity has just gone up. If you look at the data, Kenya being one of the countries with the highest connectivity, 
And if you look at the financial year 2019-2020, about 91% of our nation consumption was from green sources thanks to the geothermal-led strategy. We have also anchored some space globally. We are the first in Africa and the largest geothermal developer in Africa. We also have a position globally. It's not a mean achievement to be number eight globally among the geothermal players in this world. And luckily, we are endowed with a huge, enormous resource of geothermal, which is estimated at about 10,000 megawatts. We have only scratched the surface. We are slightly less than 900 megawatts out of 10,000 potential. And so the future is clearly geothermal-led. With the rest to zero and Kenyan's focus on renewable energy, why do we still need thermal in the energy mix? Thank you, Zedi. This is a little technical and therefore I'll attempt to give a technical answer. The peak demand in electricity has continued to grow and the thermal plants are currently being used to serve the peak demand. And Zedi, the peak demand is the demand that is used during the peak hours. Ordinarily in the evenings, when everybody has gone back home using a lot of electricity and also in the morning when homes are using a lot of electricity and all that. So that sharp peak demand requires the thermos because thermos are quickly adaptable. You can start them up very quickly and they also support the system. And this cannot be wholly met through the available green installed capacity. We still have constraints in the transmission system and hence the need for the local thermal generation in major load centers such as the coastal region and western and also Nairobi so that these thermos can quickly be turned on and support the system. So that's why we still need the thermos to support our system. Join us next week, Bart Wine, for the fourth and the final part of this four-part series that will focus on Kenyan's digital transformation journey that has ensured profitability even through the pandemic. I have been your host, Zedi Bariti, and thanks for tuning in. <laughs>